Get updated with the hottest news in insurance, finance, and the newest innovation in InsureTech and FinTech in these difficult times. Hear it from one of the most known and respected voices in the industry, Dr. Robin Kiera, and his guest of today. Hey guys, this is InsurTech and FinTech live from the headquarter of Digital Scouting in Hamburg, Germany. And our today's guest doesn't need an introduction in the international insurance and finance community. It's Sabine van der Linden. Thank you very much for taking your time. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me today. Yes, and before we start, and we have a lot of uh, tons of questions for Sabine prepared about the current situation, I'm asking you, the community out there, feel free also to ask your questions. We monitor it here on uh, our stream. Um, yes, but again, uh, Sabine, thank you very much. Um, yeah, you are, have been building uh, ecosystems, uh, intratech insurance ecosystems around the world. Um, <coughs> how did the community take it, the current situation, out of your view? So, you know, it was great to be able to talk to the startups um, recently, actually, and some of the insurers. Some of them actually are taking the situation very well. I mean, they are SMEs, they are small businesses. And yeah. so, you know, we have great um, skin coming out of the UK market right now to help small businesses. But actually, they, they look at this as an opportunity. So, for example, some of the startups which were working, you know, from my program one and two on emerging risks and climate change yeah. um, can actually see an opportunity around helping some of the uh, insurers with their um, emerging risks uh, analysis algorithm and finding ways to use big data in better ways. Um, so, um, for example, Adapt Ready and Predicat has been have been doing some great work. I was literally on the phone with one of my US startups um, yeah. just a couple of days ago in the healthcare sector, and they have actually built, for example, a coronavirus um, health checks, my dear, okay. um, and others you've probably seen in the news, such as Equips Me, have also developed new capabilities, providing free services to uh, SMEs, as well as you know responding to some of the demand uh, coming from the insurers around how can I help, for example, my my, my claimants to get, uh, you know, to me or um, use, you know, chatbots, for example, like Spixie yeah. uh, chatbots to actually um, yeah. reduce uh, the, the, um, the, the demand on my call centers. These are midterm solutions that you know, need some time to be applied in the uh, in the insurance industry. Um, I found in my talk with decision makers in the insurance industry that there was a little bit of panic going on. Um, are there like some tricks and hacks you could maybe apply from the startup world to also a corporate environment? Yeah, I, I think um, some of the um, solutions which are already there, you know, uh, which have been implemented for some of the large organization, I don't think you have to rebuild everything from scratch, right? You know, yeah. if you want to implement some basic FAQs from an AI chatbot, you could actually yeah. start, you know, just with the basic questioning, like 
five, 10 questions, for instance, to actually at least work out whether the people have coronavirus, just as a simple example, yeah. and give them some opportunities to actually be channeled to the right place yeah. if they are worried and actually there is a positive response to the right uh, organization. So there is, um, you know, very quick and simple things which can be done by just using machine learning and AI and organizations which already have done some of this work. They yeah. just have to apply to, to a new problem. And, and the question related to coronavirus is already known, as you know. Yeah. So we've got a lot of viewers already. So let's have a shout out to Tracy from Connecticut, USA, to Eric from Zurich, Frank, also I think Switzerland. We have Thibault from France and they get a lot of thumbs up. You get a lot of thumbs up. Right. <laughs> give us thumbs back. Uh, and if you guys have a question, don't hesitate to, to ask. Um, you know, um, maybe one thing that's interesting for a lot of people that are at home right now, that have a new situation, may they be entrepreneurs from the startup world or actually professionals from the insurance space or finance space. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of panic going on at some point, but how can we as individuals actually take this time as an opportunity? Um, since you know so many movers and shakers and, and successful people, um, do you have some ideas there? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think when you look at um, the insurance sector and um, the speed of change uh, amongst some of the players in the market, I would not say that a lot of companies uh, are super fast. I was fortunate enough to work with great brands who actually yeah. wanted to do great things. And I'm very grateful that they trusted me to help them identify yeah. um, great market players. However, as we know, things can take a long time, sometimes 12 to 18 months to actually make a decision. I think what this opportunity gives us is the ability to move a little bit faster, to learn yeah. from digitization and digital technology and actually start looking at ways to do things differently. I've had, like you, everything is online. So um, it's about web conferences and yeah. web calls. It's also about looking at new tools, um, you know, yeah. how you design thinking and whiteboarding online and there are amazing tools out there already available to what are your favorite tools so i have been looking at miro uh yeah. as a tool um there is one called figma which allows you as well to collaborate with different people and do um process design uh it allows you as well to design web pages well regardless of where people are you are working on the same canvas really really great tool i've been also looking at uxpressia which is about just customer journey and profiling um, beside the usual, you know, Zoom and, uh, you know, how you actually get your data shared amongst um, distributed team in better ways and making sure the data is actually available in real time. Cool. I think um, we'll, we'll ask you later for the links to everything and then we can put it in the show note and the comment section. I think that's super interesting because cool. decision makers now are looking for concrete help, no PowerPoint, but really like, how can I manage my team? And since um, you have been, you know, part of the international insurance community for such a, a long a time, my question is, do you have tips for people that manage remote teams the first time? So that is an interesting question, actually, because I think you need to make people comfortable yeah. that being, um, you know, working from home is actually okay if you have not done it before. You know, you and I have been in consulting role and working uh, on the plane sometimes. So we are used to working remotely and using yeah. the tools which are made available to us. I think 
um, it's about having a routine, actually, yeah. uh, trying to wake up at the same time, you know, watch your news, go onto the social media to actually look at your tweets and LinkedIn, then go for your little breakfast and coffee, dress up, actually, uh, for the day, and uh, go to a space where you can actually uh, do work. And I would say do work, you know, for uh, two and a half hours, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of hours, go and have a coffee and actually stop for lunch. If you are with your children and at home, make sure that you stop maybe for one hour and then yeah. go back and then start building those routines every you, day. You laugh maybe, uh, or the funny thing is just a few days ago, I talked to one of the most successful agents in Germany, um, like really like making more than a lot of sales board members. And I asked him, what is your secret? And he said, it's about structure. I do not tell my people what to do. I do not help them selling stuff. I help to structure their day. And I think maybe this is a secret that was already a super important uh, a success factor in the offline world, but becomes more successful even now. Um, and uh, I, I think this is maybe for some people a no-brainer, but if you put this together, cool online tools and some you know working strategies like structure your day, um, that, that really, really can help. Absolutely. Frank, Frank Enhammer asks the question, will insurers now learn digital transformation, digitalization the hard way? Uh, some of them, yes, we'll have to. Uh, I mean, I think we are going to go through a period of resilience and business continuity reevaluation. Yeah. And businesses which are not digitized are going to suffer the most because yeah. actually you do need, I mean, at least a website, but communication yeah. through a website. So whether you're a broker or an insurer, your digital strategy will become even more tested right now. And if you have leakages, if you are breakdown in your processes, people won't have the patience. No. So the minute it's not going to work, it's likely the renewal is going to go somewhere else. So a lot of processes, a lot of relationships are going to be tested if the yeah. digital experience are not up to scratch. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And I think um, it has also to do with the fact that, you know, some insurers have been doing true innovation and digitalization, went the hard way, went to the machine room and, you know, applied, worked together with startups, with you, with Startup Bootcamp and others. And others just, you know, did the funny, you know, took a selfie without a tie and thought that was already the replacing digital transformation. I just talked with a CIO actually a week ago, uh, really, really nervous because he said we have no chance to uh, manage our claim system and our uh, application system uh, remotely. No chance. Yeah, and, and I've said, heard the same, not even for claims, for underwriting. Yeah, so, underwriting, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard that some underwriters are unable to yeah. underwrite from home right now. And I am a bit surprised because at the end of the day, very basic, you know, 10 years ago, we could still use Citrix, right, to actually yeah. work from home, still use, you know, uh, reliable server, security, yeah. you know, privacy, you know, going to the data room of the business and still work remotely. So businesses who actually, which do not even have that baseline yeah. are going to struggle. Um, and, and then, you know, to fulfill the client needs in moment of needs is going to be near to impossible. So digitization is going to be really stretched, and stressed yeah. for those uh, out there who uh, who might not have thought that they needed to do it today and left it for tomorrow. I, I think I think it's safe to say that the naysayers in the industry are not like um, over representative in our following. We have a lot of innovators, people that want to do something, bring their companies forward, but a lot of them have been you know um, hindered 
by the naysayers, by, oh, cloud is from the devil and social media is going to go away. Do you think there will be severe consequences also of the level of decision makers after this, especially at those companies that were not prepared? Well, you know, I, I hope that the market will be maybe a little bit forgiving. Yeah. Um, but there are likely to, there is going to be some, you know, CEOs who, who may may suffer. At the yeah. end of the day, the board members are um, the one who can see, um, you know, C-level executive who uh, may not have taken the right decisions. We have seen that not even yeah. in insurance, in other industries where companies which have not been able to do really basic and keep their share price high enough were replaced. As you said, it's going to be a testing time and we should look at that share price to actually yeah. potentially identify those who may have a little bit of a problem in the next few months. I really hope that this situation will help also the innovators and the companies to have arguments and say now, let's go in that direction, let's test more out and that the naysayers will be quieter and that the most radical naysayers that there will be consequences because again, um, uh, we have companies that are in, in, in not in jeopardy, but they have severe problems uh, right now, even though the customer does not maybe see it when claims and underwriting doesn't work. But if this goes on for a longer time, it's a big problem. Or even sales forces, I know uh, insurers here in the continent that have 80, 90, 70% of their sales force, their sales, incoming sales is from agents and brokers visiting people. And when they now can, cannot visit people, they have a big problem. So I think uh, we have, have a big pressure there. But Moshe Ash asked you something. So I'm, I'm happy that Moshe asked you something. And he said he, he comes from the healthcare industry and he says, um, um, I think one question is, will we see like a big rise in healthcare costs due, due to coronavirus and how will that affect the health industry? I hope I understood this correctly, the question. And um, the big question about professional liability insurance. Um, maybe let's go to go go to the different lines of business and insurance. How do you think uh, Corona maybe hit the bottom line of insurers in different lines of business? So I guess you know Corona is uh, one of those new strain, um, and it's it's based on you know the SARS virus. So yeah. I guess a lot of the, uh, policy had uh, insurance for that. Yeah. I think um, there is an LV actually recently wrote a piece in the Guardian uh, saying that, you know, people with income protection will be able to claim for the income protection, um, you know, as long as um, they are true coronavirus. Now you have a bit which is around, you know, are you unwell? And as a result, you, you are at home, but you also have other people at home because they don't have a choice. And yeah. so we need to find the right balance with, uh, you know, business, pure business continuity. Yeah, I think, yes, there is going to be higher claims cost. Um, there is going to be higher, um, you know, there will be higher cost, even though, you know, uh, talking to some of the startups which are there and working with insurers, yeah. they were explaining to me, actually, they have not seen yet an uprise in, uh, in, in claims, actually, um, you know, compared to the number of uh, situations yeah. we've had uh, being reported in, in various countries. So um, maybe there's going to be a delay, but for me, yes. I think like so too, yeah. yeah. I think it will be a delay because we see that with other catastrophes first, uh, there will be a delay. I have a big question. Um, I know several large insurers in Central Europe that have excluded pandemic yeah. in their business interruption policy. Yeah. I am, of course, it's good for their bottom line, but I'm not sure if they can hold actually their position now. Um, why? Because I think the public pressure will be gigantic. What do you think? Will 
will the exclusion of pandemics in insurance policy stand the public pressure? So I think there is where regulators and policymakers will probably have to intervene. But the question yeah. actually potentially you're, you're asking is about good, good citizenship and good behavior. And companies who actually want customers in the future may actually have to visit how they are supporting their community and yeah. ecosystem in the best way as possible. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of businesses going to be far more responsible. We've had amazing initiatives from the like, for example, uh, of Zego, you know, who actually are yeah. insuring um, drivers, you know, Deliveroo and Uber Eats drivers. And yeah. what they have done is giving 14 days free insurance for those yeah. guys. Um, and then they also are uh, su supplying drivers across the value chain, the logistic value chain, so that people can still find yeah. work whilst me and you may not take Ubers, for example, or not using Uber Eats that much because we are cooking yeah. from home now. Yeah. So there's going to be behaviors. And the key thing is we are going to observe good behaviors and potentially bad behaviors. And we have seen bad behaviors in the UK, a sport company, which has not received uh, you know, a lot of likes. Um, yeah. As you said, public pressure may actually result in everyone looking at what they do in I, I think you're touching a great point there. And the point is, uh, Jenny asked also a question, we'll come to her question in a minute. But what I really like about your point is that this crisis also shows who has good, who does good, do good behavior and who does bad behavior. You mentioned Ziggo. Uh, I remember, for example, also WeFox, uh, who just you know gave yep. their uh, broker uh, software for free for brokers around the world to manage their uh, manage their company, actually. And you're doing free hack uh, growth That's hacking. That's true. We do. We do. We actually we 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 um, we, we have we are we are busy enough. But I thought you know we have been growing through this insurance and insurtech community. We have gotten so much love from everybody. So many people helped us. I think I can I can spend uh, we can spend some time also helping others now. Especially we have an influx from brokers, especially from the US, but also other companies that say uh, countries that say how what can we do now? And we cannot visit the company uh, the the customer. Uh, but again, it's it's I think duty duty uh, um, uh, as long as we are you know we are good. Um, well, Jenny asked uh, Jenny Widener from Texas asked, uh, which is actually an, an an insurance agent. She she asked, do you think people will feel differently about face to face business and interaction after this all has passed? Ah, what do you think? Interesting question. Yeah. I think we are going to have um, changing behaviors. Um, and when that has passed, I think we are going to be probably more careful of watching our hands. Um, but I think we will still want to have the love from people. So yes. I think two things will happen. We are going to all be more comfortable using digital technology and talking to people all around the globe. I've had an amazing FaceTime dinner with my friend on Sunday where I cooked on my side and they cooked on their side. And we had two amazing hours of FaceTime which yeah. is something I would probably never have done not yeah. you know, for coronavirus. So I think we are going to embed digital uh, behavior uh, more in our daily life and probably be healthier as a result, but also be more mindful as to how we use people's time. I think that too, and I think um, um, it's quite weird because I have not only uh, FaceTime dinners, but also FaceTime drinks with friends now. Yes, FaceTime beer. It sounded totally weird only a few days ago, and, and that's the new normal. And it gives us also the opportunity to build communities uh, beyond borders. And I'm really happy 
Of course, it's horrible what happens, but maybe if it brings people together and also helps people. I mean, we remember that China is now sending around uh, ventilation systems and doctors and others others are helping too. And we are in Europe, we are facing this crisis, uh, of course, uh, I hope a little bit together. Um, I think that's, that's also a great thing. And the insurance industry in this live stream is also an idea of bringing, you know, knowledge, sharing knowledge, best practices uh, um, from, from around the world and from you. Um, one thing actually uh, you actually makes me think about is that, you know, we are in everybody's home today. Yeah. This morning I had a wonderful call with uh, one of my startups from Australia and he never really seen my home and I was doing a coffee, I visited my house and, uh, you know, you, you end up being go into authenticity. Yeah. And what may come out of this experience is who is truly authentic? You know, yeah. what are your values? You know, integrity, authenticity, credibility will come yeah. all mixed uh, as part of what we are seeing right now, actually. I, I really love this point. The great thing about authenticity and if you are online, who you are offline, it's really easy. You know, you don't have to study a role or, or not exclude certain things you don't talk about. It's really, really nice. Uh, it's really easy. <laughs> I have sometimes people I say, hey, you should try it too. And um, but uh, I think yeah, that's, that's right, and uh, it, it will re re reveal also which company is authentic and which one is not. Um, and I think that's a great point. Bobby asked um, from the, the chief product officer of Bene Kiva, asked, um, how do, what, what do you think um, the struggle when, when we work at home and remote? I mean, I am in a luxury position. I have an office five minutes from my home, so I can go here when I work, and my wife can come here too. Katja can come here to work too, and we, we, we juggle the kids. But um, yeah, what do you think is the challenge currently right now in juggling work and in juggling kids? Um, well, you've said it, uh, is juggling kid. And if you don't have a special space to actually be able to, to go and think, I understand it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, what we've seen here in the UK is a price of, you know, Wi-Fi. So our Wi-Fi are a bit, you know, shaky right now. Netflix yeah. had to downgrade um, the level of its band of its bandwidth yeah. to allow you know people like us to work but also the children to be on netflix or on on their laptop to do their their classes with uh, their um, their teachers so yeah. what i'm going to, what i'm seeing is that you, you need to find a way to, to find your special space uh which not may not be that easy but you need to find a way to create that create maybe some rules as yeah. to how you, you you work and how you actually spend time with your family i mentioned the lunch time where everybody comes together and we can talk about what is happening and then we can go back for another hour and a half to to, to work and then have a break after that what i've seen um through through that is when i talk to moms uh who are working from home yeah. They will tell me, Sabine, I need a glass of wine at three o'clock. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of three o'clocks, I think. Hashtag day, uh, daytime drinking. But I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm still on detox, but out of other reasons. But I think uh, the day, daytime drinking should be should be uh, not scandalous anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have a, we have a question of um, maybe maybe back uh, to, to the kids' question. I think that's uh, um, a big challenge the governments let families alone with. Um, because, of course, at some age you can uh, ask children to watch TV, but they cannot do this for eight hours anyway. Um, and uh, I think that's a big, big challenge. And 
The farther this takes time, the, the longer this uh, this takes, I think the effect on the economy will be bigger because uh, I have friends that don't have the luxury of an office. I have friends that have not even a working room or a place in their flat or have two children but just three rooms, especially in the expensive cities in Europe. Um, and I think uh, that's going to have a, a big effect. And they cannot go to cafes because they are closed. And yeah. I think that can be have a big effect. And I really hope that um, a lot of great employers, employers are out there that, you know, say it's okay. At least you work a little bit of something. But as soon as there will be tremendous economic consequences for these companies, there will be consequences for these families too. So I really, really hope um, that we find an overall solution at some point. Have um, you seen what they are doing in, 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 in Hong Kong? I mean, no, I, I, no. I was very impressed because, you know, the, the school have moved from, from school to home. And so the, the classes still take place on yeah. the laptop. And so, you know, I know some classes um, and some school have, have moved to that type of teaching, but I know it's not universal. Some yeah. of my godchildren have, you know, their first FaceTime classes. Yeah. I've heard um, some of my friends having FaceTime um you know, body building, exercise things. Uh, I think we need to find a way to actually um, make that more consistent, but also more live because actually you need to have that interaction, feel yeah. the course or classes, whatever you are learning uh, as an interactive, um, in an interactive way. So um, maybe, you know, ed tech is going to become even bigger than it is today. Yeah. Um, but I think that experience will, will teach us how to move some of this learning um, to the home as well, like they have done in, in Hong Kong. Yeah, very good example um, um, what you can learn from there. Um, let's, let me look into the future. We now looked a lot what has happening right now and can you, how can you cope with it and the different, the different topics. If we look in the future, what will the industry learn from it? What do you think? My first word would be resilience. So that is a word I hear from all uh, the, the corporate insurers I'm talking to yeah. right now. How do I develop, uh, de develop an environment where I can drive business continuity regardless where my teams are? I think that is going to become much more top of mind, uh, which means, you know, how do I digitize better? You know, how do I get my digital transformation done? And so it's balanced between transformation and innovation in the sense that innovation really is about de designing new products, services, processes, business models. Digital transformation is, you know, look at what I have. How can I yeah. optimize and be better at what I do in a digital way? So that is going to, 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 to be far more uh, top of mind. Um, any executive, CIOs, CTOs, CEOs, chief digital officers, we we'll yeah. look at that much more closely. I think as we come out of this situation, we are going to start seeing a little bit more topic around responsibility, you know, responsible yeah. insurance, sustainable yeah. insurance, sustainable investing. And um, how do we look at those topics which are so important around inclusion, around, you know, autonomous driving, um, around all those topics, climate change, which we have been talking about for a while but yeah. maybe have not looked at it in a, a strong way. So I think we are going to see our industry becoming far more responsible, far more demanding around how they design for clients in a sustainable uh, and responsible way, how they change their own processes to demonstrate that they also are applying those things themselves and be transparent about it, then how they help their supply chain to do the same. Um, I think that is going to become more prevalent, even though, you know, climate change has gone down because of the pandemic, but actually everything is connected, like the butterfly effect. And I think more and more organizations will realize that this interconnected 
uh, activities, issues, uh, dynamics uh, need to be addressed as a, as a, as a strategy in a, in a strategic way. Sabine, this is a wonderful last statement from you. Thank you very much for it. Thank you very much for your time. The last thing I would like to do, do a shout out to everybody who participated, to Bobby, Chikir, Thibaut, Janai, Frank, Martin, Jenny, Eugene, uh, Moshe, wait a second, um, Sören, Shermanmat, I hope that I pronounced it correctly, Pedro, um, Tracy, Yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for, for commenting, for liking, for thank sharing. Thank live. And uh, see you around uh, next time. Next show will be on Friday. Um, and uh, thank you very much, Sabine, uh, for sharing your insights. I know you have terribly lot of things to do. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everybody on the call for the questions as well. And look forward to seeing you soon.